Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Studio 89.7. This talk program focuses on newsmakers, celebrities, and authors. And now, here's your host, Philadelphia radio veteran Paul Perello. Actress Cindy Williams will be forever remembered as part of the classic ABC television sitcom Laverne and Shirley. But Cindy's acting career includes many other notable productions, including on television, in the movies, and on stage. She has worked with extraordinary actors and directors during her career, including Penny Marshall in Laverne and Shirley, Ron Howard, Richard Dreyfuss, and Harrison Ford in American Graffiti, which of course was directed by George Lucas. It was a low-budget film that went on to become a box office hit and film classic that of course launched the careers of so many actors and of course Lucas prior to his Star Wars fame. Here's an interesting Cindy Williams and Star Wars fact. Cindy auditioned for the role of Princess Leia in Star Wars, an audition that she described as absolutely horrible. Her career is now the subject of a one-woman show that is touring the country. Me, Myself, and Shirley is a 90-minute production, followed by a question-and-answer session that allows fans to get up close and personal with the Hollywood superstar, and nothing is off-limits. Born in Van Nuys, California, Cindy became interested in acting during high school and after graduation attended Los Angeles City College where she majored in theater arts and is often the case when acting jobs didn't come her way. Cindy actually thought about walking away from acting and work instead as a waitress. Luckily for her and us, she changed her mind and decided to pursue an acting career that brought us one half of the legendary comedy duo Shirley Feeney of Laverne and Shirley. It is always a pleasure to sit down with television Hollywood legends, be it in this um, new normal that we're in these days via Zoom. I am so happy to welcome the one and only Cindy Williams. Of course, we know Cindy. We love Cindy for her years as uh, Shirley, as part of the Laverne and Shirley uh, television show. Cindy Williams, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Well, Paul Perello, thank you for having me. Oh, so formal. You could call me Paul by all means. <laughs> well, you sounded very formal in that lovely introduction. So, all right, Paul. Paulie, right. let's go. Paulie. Only a few people, I'll tell you, Cindy, I'll give you a pass. Only a few people call me Paulie, but you're among that elite group of people. Okay, I'm going to go in the middle now. It's Little Red, it's Goldilocks. Paul. <laughs> You're going to be in the greater Philadelphia area at the end of the month with your show, Me, Myself, and Shirley, a one-woman show. I want to congratulate you because, you know what, Cindy, this is a show that couldn't come at a better time, given the state of the world that we're in. Well, that's what um, Charles Duggan, my producer and writer, and all of us were hoping for, that we needed some laughs, and we we wanted to be the ones to deliver them, Paul. And it's my understanding, uh, Cindy, that you actually, along with Charles, worked on this show during the height of the pandemic, I guess, where we were all locked up for two years behind closed doors. You actually put this this idea together with Charles and came up with this concept. That's right, because of just that, because everything was so down and dour, and uh you know, we just as a country, I thought we've lost our sense of humor. And so Charles and I thought, let's write something uplifting and fun and mirthful and buoyant. And that's what we did. And we had we had a lot of fun 
uh, doing it. It was, you know, hard work sometimes, but a lot of fun doing it. And, you know, just want to, um, just wanted to be the presenters of that, so to speak, of, of fun again. With all due respect and with the utmost affection, Cindy, you have such an elaborate career. You have worked with some of the greats. But, you know, at the end of the day, everybody remembers you for that little ABC sitcom from the 70s and 80s that I know I grew up watching. Not that I'm all that old or all that young, but I remember it was part of the fabric of my my uh, teen and young adult life, you know, watching Laverne and Shirley. Well, thank you for that. The question is, you're forever remembered for that. Has that ever been a problem for you that people will see Cindy Williams and automatically remember Laverne and Shirley? Well, it would be pretty stupid of me to say that, you know, playing Shirley on Laverne and Shirley was a problem. Um, It was just an absolute blessing and privilege. But did it cause, you know, did it cause problems for me? Just once I can think of, you know, I was up for a movie and I was right in the middle of doing Laverne and Shirley and uh, the producers didn't want to hire me because I was too recognizable as Shirley. And that makes sense. It's also my understanding from what I'm preparing for today's interview that the producers really chased after you for, for the role because you weren't really interested in the, in the role at the very beginning. Well, that was due to a couple of things. It was, um, I, um, I hadn't worked in a long time and I was at that point um, going to, um, move out of Los Angeles and get a job as a waitress. And, um, and then I had this little job with Penny, uh, at the time, coincidentally, we were writing on this movie, this spoof movie together. And then they, you know, and then Gary Marshall, I talk about this in the show, Gary Marshall called and said he had these parts of two girls, uh, Laverne and Shirley who date the fleet, uh, on a Happy Days episode, and uh, would we like to come and do it? And we did. We thought it'd be a whole bunch of fun, and it was. And we thought nothing more of it. And then, lo and behold, they um, offered us our own show off of that episode. So I found myself in this, and I'm sure Penny did too, but I found myself in this, you know, this, um, just this whirling dervish of uh, show business, of things coming down the hill or going up the hill and, and uh, everything, you know, happening at once. And there were a couple of reasons why I, I didn't, um, I, you know, why I didn't just jump at the show in the beginning. And uh, well, after we'd done the happy days, um, Penny and I were still working on the, on the movie, the spoof movie. And uh, we just, um, we didn't get into an argument or anything. It was just sort of a, um, just a a thing that happened. And I thought, do I really want to do this show? And, and, uh, and I, I turned it down for uh, stupid reasons at first. And then I came to my senses and I, I hope that explains it, but without going into something that is really laborious, that's what, that's sort of uh, what happened. Hey, it beats waiting tables, that's for sure. 
Well, it does. Although I love waiting tables. I really do. I'm not, I'm not joking about that. Love waiting tables. So um, it's like a little theater, each table that you get a different audience. And so um, it's kind of like, you know, theater of food. I I waited tables in my college years down at the Jersey shore and I count them amongst my uh, um, greatest moments, you know, working at the Jersey shore you know, sun and fun during the day and then waiting tables at night and meeting so many great people. So I understand, I understand where you're coming from. Thank you for that, Paul. Yes, that's well put. And you take us on this great journey during your career and uh, relive so many great moments of, of your career, as well as some of the people, the great people that you've worked with over these uh, over these past decades. And in the one hour and five minute show. It's more like um, 90 minutes with a Q&A at the okay. end. Oh, that's great. That's great to know. Because, you know, Shirley, uh, Shirley, Cindy, you could take to the stage and uh, you could be there for hours. Of course, everybody's got to rest, it's got to sleep. But it, it seems to me that it, it, I guess it gets kind of challenging. And that's maybe where Charles was able to help you out in trying to compact all of this career into, you know, this, this forum that you've come up with. I mean, because your, your career is so extensive. Yeah. I put it in a song. Oh, really? Well, not all of it, just kind of a little bit of childhood. I just want to, I, you know, I didn't want to lay on um, too thick my childhood and this and that, because it's boring for people. Uh, And so I, I just, we put it in a song. A real quick song, but uh, we just wanted to make it fun, and we did. And um, and you know, so then we then that just lets us go on to like wonderful film clip packages and and um, and wonderful fun stories that we've picked that we believe the audience uh, will really and the audience does respond to the to the story. So um, you know, I start off with a story about Liza Minnelli and Little Richard. Uh, at the Coconut Grove and Penny and I coincidentally when we were very very young and didn't know each other it's the first time we met um, we um, were on double dates and we saw this fabulous show with uh, Liza Minnelli and Little Richard opening for her and then it goes on from there and our experience backstage with Little Richard and um and then it then it goes on from there. But that was a story we picked. And we had substituted, I'll just tell you this, and the audience is that we had substituted that for a Cher story that I really loved. Uh, this little adventure Penny and I had with Cher one Saturday afternoon. And uh, we just tossed it up. And maybe if we continue doing the show, I'll start with the Cher story yeah. one day. and um, And then put, you know, the little Richard... Liza Minnelli story in the back burner for a while but it's just fun like that it's like um remember that book when we were kids flip-flop faces oh yeah absolutely yeah I called my show flip-flop faces because you can interchange all these marvelous stories that I had such I had the privilege of of having this adventure this fabulous Hollywood adventure that I wanted to take everybody on that ride with me. And so that's what uh, we attempt to do in the show, along with, as I said, these marvelous um, film clips. And I even have my um, my uh, Princess Leia audition tape that I run in a 
and because uh, I I did a screen test for Princess Leia, which not too many people know, and it's horrible. So I put myself on my head on the chopping block and let everybody see it. I was not aware of that. So you do the audition. Where does the tape wind up, and how are you able to get it back? Well, no, the um, George Lucas used it on the when he put the Blu-ray out of. Uh, I think it's on. It's on Star Wars. It's on the Blu-ray of Star Wars. He put all. It wasn't just me auditioning. I don't know who else, how many others auditioned for it, but he had me into audition for it. So we just took it off of the Blu-ray, and uh, and I, you know, it's in the show. In a very funny manner, because it's really hideous. You talked about George Lucas. You, you you worked with him before, but you've worked with many other great uh, directors, including Francis Ford Coppola, uh, Roger Corman. You worked with Jack Nicholson in several films. One of those early movies was American Graffiti, which I, I believe, or at least my impression, was that American Graffiti, while being a wonderful motion picture, really opened the door for Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley because it really struck at the heart of 50s America. Yes, uh, that innocent time before the assassination of President Kennedy and all that started happening. Uh, but um, but uh, Happy Days, really, they'd done the pilot before American Graffiti came out. If, if I'm right, I, I believe I'm right about this. I... Uh, I've always, I had always meant to ask Gary, but I, I didn't get a chance to. But I believe that um, Happy Days, the pilot was done. It was just on a shelf somewhere at Paramount. They hadn't picked it up. But then I believe the advent of American Graffiti coming out and being such a marvelous hit, uh, I think that they took a relook at um, Happy Days. And that's when uh, Happy Days became an actual series. I think I've got that right, Paul. I could be wrong. I could be very, very wrong. <laughs> it's a great story. And that's the world according to Cindy Williams. We'll take it. We're not going to dispute it. Not, not one, not one bit. Um, the, you know, when we, we think of Laverne and Shirley and we think of Penny Marshall and Cindy Williams, I honestly do mean that you are right up there with comedic geniuses like Lucille Ball and Vivian Vance. I mean, your your comedy was impeccable. It was on time. It clicked. It stands the test of time where so many times comedians, you know, sort of fade out of fashion. But, you know, um, you're right up there, you know, behind, you know, Lucille Ball and Vivian Vance. I mean, it's I, I mean that with the utmost respect for your craft. Well, I take that as a great compliment, Paul. Thank you. And certainly, um, you know, Lucille Ball, just a brilliant, brilliant comedian tech and, and a great, great technician. I mean, everything was perfect with her. Penny and I were, uh, and Vivian Vance. Er, uh, with Penny and me, it was a little more hang loose, our comedy. But the timing, you know, you're you're kind of born with that. And she just had impeccable timing and penny and i at time well you can't do that kind of comedy unless you have really good timing sure. and like a drummer's timing and um so uh, thank you for that thank yeah. you 
when when you were growing up, you know, you I think each and every one of us look up to people in our in our craft or in you know just growing up as a kid and you you look at someone and you say, gee, I would like to be like them, or I wonder how I could be like them. So what were the influences on you, Cindy, growing up? Those actors, actresses, comedians that sort of influenced you growing up? Well, Imogene Coca and Sid Caesar, they were the first. I I talk about that a little bit in the show. And um, there was this wonderful comedian. I don't know if you're probably too young to remember, but Joan Davis. And she did this show called I Married Joan. And I used to watch it when I was a kid. And she only did 13 episodes. And it was with Jim Backus at Played Her Husband. It was brilliant. And she did this physical humor that, you know, she She'd be running, and she was always in dire straits, always desperate and didn't want... uh, Jim Backus played a judge, her husband, and she couldn't let him find out all her, you know, crazy foils, all the crazy um, uh, situations she got herself into. It was just a wonderful, wonderful show built on a wonderful premise, and it was sort of like every man. And, uh, you know, we could all get ourselves into that kind of mischief and trouble, and um, so I love Joan Davis. And as I said, Imogene Coca, Sid Caesar, um, um, uh, the Honeymooners. I loved uh, the honey, watching the Honeymooners and a lot of that beat and tempo from that and the attitudes. Of, if you look at comedians, it's their attitudes that make you laugh, really, more than the lines. Their delivery also, but their attitudes. You could t- say write down, take my wife, please, and <laughs> read it. But then when you have, you know, um, the, uh, the delivery of that, uh, it's just, uh, it becomes something else and it makes you laugh. And I remember Francis Coppola once saying, you know, the key to humor is what makes a baby laugh. And it's surprise. And it's like, um, you know, when you play peekaboo. And that's kind of it with, comedians you know you're playing peekaboo you're you're hitting that you know that beat that makes everybody laugh you know yourself included but you have to uh, you know you have to hold the laugh penny and i did that a lot where we'd have to hold we know that the audience was going to laugh on this one particular line once we hit it and and it was would be lines that would make us laugh and we um um We'd have to, you know, bite our cheeks or our tongues because it was making us laugh inside. But those are the best, you know, the best kind of jokes. Oftentimes, I find myself just watching some of those classic television shows, yours included, and wonder, how the heck are they not cracking up? Now, of course, when you're doing a sitcom like yours, if somebody should break character or whatever, you go back and you just do it over and over again. But... You know, uh, oftentimes I'm like, I, you know, I don't, it, it, it's so funny that I don't know how they're able to maintain their composure. Well, uh, there, there's, um, there's a clip in the show where I remember we had to do it four or five times. It was with Lenny and Squiggy and Penny and I could not stop laughing. There was just no way we could uh, stop laughing. And you can see it in the final clip, when we finally get it, that our reactions are, we're just, 
our reactions are not what they should have been because we're we're trying to hold the laugh in. But uh, you're right about that, Paul. Um, you know, and I, I look for it on sitcoms. I look for people. I, I caught it a few times on Seinfeld when they were, you know, they they would be just on the edge of laughing at at what they were doing, but um, they held it in. So um, it's great fun, you know, and when it's fun like that, it's fun for the performers and fun for the audience as it should be. I read somewhere, Cindy, that this is not your first time playing the Bucks County Playhouse? No, I was there, oh, a couple of years ago in a show called Middletown with Don Most, um, Didi Khan and um, Adrian Smed. We had a great time, even though it's a it was a dramedy. I, I ironically, I I must have missed you on that tour because I had Adrian, Didi, and Don Most in studio for that for that uh, show. I, I and for some reason, you stood me up. Cindy Williams was too big to come in and no, see. No, that's not true. I <laughs> I I know that I did. Um, a show in Philadelphia, uh, but anyway, I, um, I I can't imagine they didn't invite me, Paul. That's that was you didn't invite me. <laughs> that's 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 true genius. They turn it around and they throw it right back at you. That is indeed uh, true genius for sure. But you say you do a Q and A uh, at the end of the show, and so you know here you are. Uh, I mean, first of all, you're performing in a one woman show. You're out there on a tightrope without a safety net for the show, and it's all on you. And now you open it up to questions. And so people, because people are people, um, they'll throw anything at you. Uh, so have you had any um, embarrassing questions thrown at you, Cindy, uh, during the Q&A? Uh, no, I, you know, no one's asked me about any operations I might have had. <laughs> or, um, no, nothing. But uh, oddly enough, the first question is always, did you get hurt doing the show? And uh, that's usually we can count on it. It's the first or second question. So all of you out there who are intending on coming to see the show, you better not ask me that. I'll tell you right now, a few, but they're boring. <laughs> They're boring injuries, boring, boring injuries. I would have thought that maybe one of the few questions at the beginning might be, can you sing the opening lyrics to the show? To which part? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Also, I do that in the show. I do. I do that. Yes, we do that. We do that in the show. But yes, I can. That's the answer. And so I'll sing it for you, but I don't think we have time. And I know that you're on a pretty exhausting tour uh, across the country with with this show. How has the audience reaction been as they come out and see a true television and film legend? I mean, it's it's got to make you feel that even after all these years that Laverne and Shirley hasn't been on the air, you're still connecting with fans. I was just constant whistles, screams, and applause, Paul. It just doesn't end. It's been wonderful, actually. It's just been wonderful. People, you know, people 
who it's not like I did Silence of the Lambs. It's not that fan base. And these are all, you know, fans and wonderful, wonderful people who come to just enjoy themselves. And, you know, they love the show and um, and they come and they get to see the show again or parts of the show again and experience that again. And we all get to laugh together. So it's been marvelous. We um, we, we lost Penny way too uh, way too soon as well as Gary. I remember interviewing Gary many, many years ago, and I did not realize that they were brother and sister. And I even think he, you know, many people thought that they were married, but I never knew that they were brother and sister. But Penny was not only a brilliant uh, comedic actress, as well as a director. And her her brother, likewise, uh, performed from time to time and was a wonderful director. It had to be wonderful to to work with these two. Right, and you're right. People did think that they were married, which always just astounded me because, uh, well, I knew them so well and I've known them so long that how could people think that they're married? Of course, they're brother and sister. But Gary's 17 years older than Penny, if that has, you know, anything to do with it. But yeah, you're right. People thought that they didn't realize that they were brother and sister, a lot of people. One final question before I let you go. And, you know, this sort of like asking, you know, who's your favorite child? But is there, what is that one moment, one moment, Cindy Williams, that is your best memory, your favorite memory of Laverne and Shirley? Oh, all of it. You know, I mean, it's just, I couldn't pick one. It, It was just seven and a half years of utter laughter and fun with a few arguments in between, but it was just um, so much fun. I couldn't pick one. I really couldn't, Paul. And yeah, it, it's unfortunate that shows like Laverne and Shirley and Happy Days, you know, they're on constant reruns, so we could find them somewhere out there on television or on the on the internet. But we don't see good, clean, wholesome comedy like that on TV today. No, well, you know, we had a censor back in those days that kept us, you know, within the lines, coloring within the lines. And that really helped the show to be just that. You don't have to do um, what I call crotch humor. You don't have to do that to make people laugh because it's always nervous laughs. And it, it and because we had a censor, um, it kept us um, just doing wonderful camp humor. And, and we had to really invent and it was it made it so much more fun for us and for the audience like that, that it was sort of an across the boards family show and with innuendo. Yeah. And um, so it, it it just made it a, it just made it a lot more fun to do that kind of show. And you don't have that today. People think they have to go to these extremes to uh, entertain and you you don't. And um, sometimes nowadays I look at shows and I think people are laughing out of nervousness because it's not funny, but they think they should laugh here. And so they laugh like that, which is too bad. But, you know, it'll come back around. Human nature, Paul, to laugh. And uh, it's going to come back around. The L and the S that you wore. I mean, Laverne would wear the L and Shirley would wear the S. What was the what was the reason behind those initials on their on their clothes 
Well, Shirley didn't wear an S. Uh, Laverne wore the L. And Shirley, uh, in the beginning, wardrobe gave me a sweater with an S on it. And I said, I don't think that Shirley would necessarily wear this. I don't know why, but I just didn't think that Shirley would wear that. And, uh, and Penny heard that and she goes, I'll take an L. And that <laughs> L came about. What a pleasure this has been for me to uh, speak with you, Shirley, uh, I keep saying Shirley Williams, but it's Cindy Williams. That's all right, I'll answer that. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that must make that mistake repeatedly, but this really has been a blast. And I, I thank you for your time. You've been so gracious with your time. And uh, hopefully the next time you're around, we're gonna uh, make good on that uh, slate of invitation when you were here last time and have you in studio, Cindy, and we could talk face to face. Oh, thank you, Paul. And thank you for, for this interview. It was, it was a blast. You're right. All right. Thanks so much, Cindy. Take care. Cindy Williams signing off. You've been listening to Studio 89.7, a monthly program that focuses on newsmakers, celebrities, and authors. Please tune in on the second Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. for another edition of Studio 89.7, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.